Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. a Mount Rushmore of preachers in my life he'd be on it. Amen. And uh, I remember there was a day in the camp meeting where Brother Dean did something similar to us. And Brother Austin, I don't remember whether you were in that group of preachers yet or not, uh, but he gave he pointed us to some men. He said, young men if you want the power of God in your life, go let these men lay their hands on you and pray. And I remember distinctly, preacher, your hot tears landing on the back of my neck while you prayed for me and the power of God to be on my life. And I'm telling you, those things things, young people, you'll never forget. And I'm thankful for heroes in the faith. So I hope you'll hear him gladly. Appreciate him taking the next three days to be with us. Hope you'll be here to hear what God has given him for us this week. Amen. Preacher, you come and bring the book on. Amen. God bless you. All right. If you've got your Bible, open it with me to the book of Revelation, chapter number two. And uh, while you're turning, let me say I've enjoyed the service thus far. Appreciate the good singing, and uh, I like that congregational singing. I like that. I like that. Oh, I want to see him. Yes. Look upon his face. Amen. That is the goal. Praise God. And uh, the cathedrals used to sing years ago. One of my probably my favorite song they ever did sing was that song, We Shall See Jesus. Amen. Well, I tell you what, at the end of the day, yeah. it's really going to be worth it all. Yes, yes, sir. Brother T. Gross years ago up in Temple, North Carolina, uh, up at Temple Baptist Church in Mount Air, North Carolina, he would used to sing at times when he preached in meetings, he said, one glimpse of his dear face, yeah. all sorrows yes, will erase. And uh, it really will be worth it all. Hey, I thank yeah. the Lord. It's a blessing to be here. I'm honored that your pastor would have me, and uh, let me come. I, I'm looking. For, I look forward to going to places where there's young men that are still standing by the stuff. We're living in a day where a lot of young men want to apologize for what they were raised in and uh, not want to identify, but I'm thankful that there are some young men who do want to identify. And you got in the pastor, and I appreciate Brother Lawson and Brother Austin. I mean, their products are one of the greatest preachers in America. Their their pastor, Brother Joey Wampers, God's man, and one of the best Bible teachers. And and, uh, I appreciate... I appreciate the fact y'all are not going around America trying to apologize for who your pastor is. Amen. 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 I'm not recovering from anything. I'm not being ugly. I'm just saying I'm not ashamed of what I was. I'm not. A, I'm not ashamed of Brother Edgar. I'm not ashamed of Brother Willard. I'm not ashamed of the men of God that raised me in the faith. I'm thankful for it. Amen. People say, "Well, these dictator preachers, they force him." people to do things. You look at me and know there ain't many people forcing me to do much. I mean, I ain't trying to be brass. I'm just saying, I'm a grown man, and 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 my dad went to heaven in 20, and if there was one that could make me do it, he was. Um, I mean, when I, he when he barked, I listened, friend. I don't care if he was 86 years old. He, he knew what it was to apply the Board of Education to my seat of understanding, and uh, I know they think that's child abuse in this day and time, but I promise you, he didn't have to do it about twice, and I got to pick.
picture, praise God. And uh, amen, friend. Somebody said, well, I don't believe in whipping my children. No word. Everybody knows. Amen. We can tell. We can tell. I appreciate a dad that loved me enough to correct me. I appreciate some men of God in my life that loved me enough to correct me and, and train me. And I thank the Lord. And I, I do appreciate these young men that are carrying on the old time way. I'm not ashamed of those that terminology. Holy Ghost Church, Bible preaching. Amen. Conviction where people get saved and then you live right and spit white and walk clean. Amen. If God wasn't going to change your life, I don't know why he saved. Us. Right, right. I'm tell you what, you've come a long way too long. Tell me God will save you, not change you. Right, amen. By the grace of God. And I thank the Lord. What great singing from the families. What great singing. And I bless the Lord. Preacher, it's an honor to be at the Beacon Baptist Church in Lexington, South Carolina. You pray for me. Man, we had the youth meeting just a week before. And man, I shouted until I couldn't shout anymore. And then I went right to the mountains of North Carolina. And uh, got out hot one night, and I, I mean, they had me in a little VRBO house, and I done got in there and got my suit off and realized I hadn't brought my stuff in, my books in, and, and I thought I was just going to slip out to the truck barefooted and in my bed clothes, and, and um, as you can tell from my voice, that didn't work out very well. And uh, so you pray the Lord will help me. Maybe I'll get warmed up in a minute, and the Lord will help me. But I want to be a blessing to the church. I didn't come to jump through hoops and perform, man. And I, if it was going to be that, I, I've got a beautiful five-foot-two red-headed wife at home, and it means everything you think it does, too, that red hair. <laughs> it's high blood pressure. Good night. I say yes, ma'am, when she speaks. Amen. I told our folks, I said, y'all better be glad I, she's the, not the pastor, and I am. I said, none of us could take it, praise God. Amen. But I, I, I want to be a help to God's people and challenge us hearts and let the Lord speak to us. You say, well, I just don't believe we can have revival. We're li living in Laodicea and Asia. Well, don't tell Dr. Rudy Smith and Pickens they're going in their fourth week this week. Right. Brother Rackley's preaching over there. So don't go tell them you can't have meeting uh, because I think you still can. Sure. And I think God can still do a work in just a few services that can last a Christian for a lifetime. Amen. 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 We, we're all worried about being stirred for a night. I'm worried about being changed for the rest of my Christian life. Amen. And we could have one of those services. And I know the pastor's glad you're here. Revelation chapter number two. And uh, you men of God that have come with your families, preachers visiting, thank you for coming. I tell you what, it's a blessing. I tell you, as a pastor, when other men take time out of their schedule and come support your meeting, and that's a big deal. And I, I want to say, I pray. and to the members of the church, biggest way to discourage a preacher is have a meeting and not come. But if you want to encourage him, you show up and it'll be a blessing to him. Let's stand together. Revelation chapter number two. If you came to hear something new, you came to hear the wrong preacher. You need to come hear Brother Dean preach. Amen. Amen. I told him one night we were preaching in Florida together, Brother Austin, he got done preaching and I preached first, thank God, and he preached second. He got done preaching and I thought, man, I told him after he got done, I said, I appreciate you making me feel 
feel like I've never read my Bible. I, I, I said, I really appreciate that. I said, I really have read it. I said, but man, when you got done, I thought, I ain't never heard that before. Amen. I said, man, I must not be reading it right. I said, we were, he and I were in, in uh, Brother Gravely some years ago, and, and man, Brother, brother um, James Jones got up and preached first. He preached, he preached an hour. 50 minutes on the word until in Ruth chapter 3. Absolutely phenomenal. Amen. And when he got done preaching, I thought, man, I, I want to grow up and preach like that. Amen. Well, then Brother Dean came second, and he preached on the word Selah out of the book of Habakkuk. Only place you find Selah outside of the book of Psalms in Habakkuk. He preached 50 minutes on Habakkuk and the Habakkuk on that word Selah. So I've heard two hours and a half worth of preaching or an hour and 40 minutes worth of preaching on two words. And then Brother Dana Williams got up and he preached out of John chapter 2 on the word and. Brother Dean got done, I thought, man, I, you know, I don't even know if I am called to preach. You know, I was wanting to grow up and preach like Brother James Jones. And Brother Dean got done, and I wondered if I was even called. And Brother Jana got up, and he preached on the word and in the first ten verses of John chapter 2. And he preached an hour on the word and. And he got to preaching, and he said, look at there. He said, look at there in that John 2 with all them red words. He said, aren't you glad for those red words in your Bible? He said, when you look down there, it's like the Lord's talking to you. And I looked down, and I didn't have a red letter edition. All my words was black. <laughs> And I said, man, I must not even be saved. I ain't even got no red words. So I went from wanting to grow up to preach like James Jones and wondering after Brother Dana got done if I'd ever been saved or not. Amen. And uh, you know it's all right to laugh in church. Yes, right. The Bible said a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Yes, There'll be plenty of places to cry. You better hear me. There'll be plenty of places to cry. You better smile while you can. Amen. Let's look in the Word of God. The Bible said under the angel of the church of Ephesus, is right. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in the right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Thou hast tried them which they say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. That's boring. I'll just say to you, you need to understand, look at, look at your words. Right, yeah. If you have a red letter edition, those are red words. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. John's recording this, but the Lord is speaking this. And he said in verse 3, as born, as patience, for my name's sake, has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly. I will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also, which I also hate. He, hath an, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. You can be seated. I, I want to take a very familiar 
verse is my text tonight, and we'll look in these other verses. But verse number four, he made the statement, he really made the indictment against the church of Ephesus. He said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. As you walk into the chapters of the book of Revelation in chapter two, in chapter number three, you realize that we are looking at a picture of the current dispensation that you and I are living in. It's a dispensation of the age of grace. It's the dispensation of that you and I would know as the church dispensation. It's that time from the day of grace to the time of Pentecost uh, to the rapture of the church. You'll find the word church more in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. And then when Revelation 3 closes, you don't see her again until Revelation chapter number 19. And I don't know about you, but friend, there's a lot of false preaching going in our day. This, listen, all millennial, post-millennial, now they come up with this pre-wrath preaching. But can I tell you, according to Revelation 4 and verse number 1, the church is checking out of here, friend. When the trump of God sounds, we are leaving out. Can I tell you, as I look at these churches, these were very important churches. And can I tell you the blessed thing about us? Many of these churches were not the biggest, nor were they the most famous. Amen. A matter of fact, some of the churches, as you study these seven churches, were the least known churches in the day in which they were recorded. So somebody would say, well, preacher, if they were the least known and they weren't the largest work, or maybe they weren't the most successful work, well, then why did God write about them? Because I would say to you, because they had the characteristics that God wanted to speak to, not only in that day, but the day in which you and I live. But can I tell you, even when you go from this church in Ephesus all the way through Thyatira, Pergamos, Smyrna, Philadelphia, Sardis, all the way over to Laodicea, they've got a word for them. And what about it, friend, even in that Laodicean church age, where they were rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing? I mean, they told the Lord they really didn't need him. Is that not the hour in which we live? We've got it all figured out. We can go through the motions. I mean, man, in the day in which we live, most of our church services have deteriorated into nothing more than entertainment. Listen, we're about like Samson, the power of God's left, and we wish not that it's gone. And friend, we go out and get right through the motions. We sing the songs. We have the choir. We take up the altar or the offering. We come to the altar and pray. But that salt of the power of God is missing in our services. That power of God that moves the sinner. That power of God that unctionizes the preacher. That power of God that communicates the truth of the Word of God. I'm telling you, I believe we ought to study to show ourselves approved. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly divine the Word of Truth. But can I tell you, a good dose of the power of God would do us better than a degree. It'll do us better than a program. It'll do us 
us better than a coat of paint. It'll do us better than the technology that we, and I'm for all of that. We've got all of that. Oh, but can I tell you, I realize outside the Holy Ghost, outside the power of God, outside, as the song said, all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Oh, you and I can preach the message. Oh, we can sing the songs. And we can do our, I mean, I'll tell you what, if you're going to sing, I believe you ought to practice at it. I believe you ought to do your very best. Oh, but can I tell you, that's all we got is our best, our ability. Oh, but when God walks about three and a half miles deep in the soul of the singer, and he walks off the pages of the Bible into the preacher, and the power of God begins to deliver the message, he can move sinners you never thought could be moved. He can put families together you thought never would be fixed. We need the power of God now that we need. Can I say to you, the blessed thing, Pastor Lawson, is that even in that Laodicean age, he had a word for them. I mean, even in that Laodicean hour, where man, they they didn't, they were, it was so cold in there. I mean, man, he was vomiting them up because they were lukewarm. They were content. At lukewarm, that's probably cold pretending to be hot. Amen. I, I mean, he didn't spit them out because he was cold. He didn't spit them out because he was hot. He spit them out because they were lukewarm. So there's something wrong with that lukewarm part, amen? I mean, when we're cold and just act like there ain't nothing wrong. But even, even in that dark hour, Brother Austin, the Lord still had a word. He still had a word. You say, preacher, did you ever think you'd see a day? Did you ever think you'd see an hour like we live in? No. I did not listen. I, I, I watched the emails for our boys that are in school, and I see some of them teachers send those emails, and below their emails it's got pronouns, them, they, his, her. I never thought I'd see the day when you'd have to uh, put what kind of pronouns you like, uh, and men wouldn't know where to go to the bathroom, and ladies wouldn't go the, know where to go to the restroom, uh, and when, listen, we're talking about uh, uh, letting children identify what they are. God identified what they are. I'm telling you what, when, listen, the sins, uh, uh, the, the perversion that used to be in the dark are now uh, walking down main street, friend. Uh, uh, can I tell you, even in that dark hour, uh, I've got good news tonight. Uh, uh, God still got a word for this hour. Uh, uh, God still got power to work in this hour. Uh, you say it's too late, friend. Uh, I would take issue with that. Uh, because if it was too late, we wouldn't be here. Uh, but as long as God's left the church, uh, and God, as long as God has left his bride in this area, in this place, in this world, there's still hope for the work of God to be done. Are you listening? Listen. In, in speaking to these churches, Christ is speaking to us. In encouraging these churches, Christ is encouraging us. In warning these churches, Christ is warning us. Listen. There was a lot of churches in those early days, Brother Lawson, that didn't get one letter, much less two. Right. And God let Paul, the greatest preacher since Christ, right. he let Paul write him a letter. Yes. And then he let 
let John the Revelator write him a letter. Right. And don't you know there were some good churches? They didn't even get a they didn't even get a thank you card or a memo. Right, right. And I don't mean that wrong. I mean, man, there were some good places that Paul didn't write a letter to, or John didn't write a letter to, or James didn't write a letter to, or Peter didn't write a letter to. Oh, but what about this place that God would let to of those great men of God in those days of old? Oh, when Paul wrote Ephesians, oh, that church at Ephesus was the climactic church. It was doing things that other places were not doing. And if you'll study that book of Ephesians, there's two prayers, two notable prayers in the book of Ephesians. In that first prayer, God is letting Paul pray that the church at Ephesus would have more light. And then in the second, in that second prayer in Ephesians 3, Paul's writing that God will let them have a little bit more love. Amen. And then here comes John. And listen, when John writes to the book of Eph the church of Ephesus, they're not the climactic church. They're the church in crisis. And can I tell you, we may be doing good last year. We might have been doing good last month. But friend, you and I could be in a place in a crisis where we need a fresh word from God. But I'm glad that's as fresh as the newspaper that'll be in your box in the morning. I'm glad God's word is still sharp. I'm glad it's like bread fresh out of the oven, friend. He's still got a word in this hour. The problem at Ephesus was the furnace was still there, but the fire was gone. Oh, there might have been still a measure of warmth. You ever go into the kitchen of men when your wife had cooked supper and you wouldn't pay attention to what you were doing? There were no pots on the on the stove and these glass, these new glass glass uh, stove tops where there's no eye that was red or anything that you can see and put your hand on top of that. <laughs> Amen. You'll shout. It won't be for spiritual reasons. <laughs> Amen. Are you listening? It may have been a while since that stove was operating, but it still had a measure of warmth to it. I wonder how many of us are sitting here tonight. It's been a little while since your oven's been on. And you think you're all right because it's still got a measure of warmth to it. Amen. You still got a measure of warmth to it. But can I say to you, it ought to be boiling red, glowing red. I remember 20, 32 years ago when I started dating or courting my wife, whatever you want to call it, I was just glad to be with her. I don't care what you call it. Amen. I remember some of you youngins, y'all can't go. If y'all lost your cell phone, you'd think it was D-Day. Some of y'all are going to get engaged by text. Will you marry me? Yes. Let me tell you something, fellas. She smells a whole lot better and looks a whole lot better than that cell phone does. Can I get a witness? Amen. What do you want for supper? Whatever you go get, darling. I never learned how to cook. You can tell she can cook. Amen. 
have a cell phone. That's right. And even though we live 20 miles apart, it was long distance. Y'all yeah, right. remember that? I mean, we changed counties. It was long distance. And uh, on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights, except in basketball season, because I played basketball on Tuesday nights. I called her on Monday night. But from 8 to 8.20, two nights a week, we'd talk on the phone. I'd see her on Saturday. I'd go to church with her on Sunday night. And then I'd come home. And I couldn't wait till Tuesday night. Not FaceTime. Mm, thank God for FaceTime. I like it. I've watched kids hit play T-ball on FaceTime, been in meetings. I mean, we didn't, we didn't even have a, we didn't even have phones without cords. Can I get a witness, y'all? Y'all understand what I mean? There was no cordless phone. All you could hope was there was a phone in the house that had a long cord. We had that wall telephone. Some of you don't even know what that a rotary phone was. Sound like a machine gun. I remember when I went to my grandmother, Brother Roach, years ago, and I picked that phone up in the country, and there was other people on it. And I said, man, this is the only phone in this house who's on this phone. And I said, hello? And my grandmother laughed at me. She said, oh, that's your uncle and them down the road. They're on the same line as we are. I think we ought to put them back in, cut out some of the gossip, praise God. Amen. Y'all remember that party lines. Amen. I mean, you'd have to wait till they got off to call somebody. But I'd go in that, I'd go in that living room, in that, in that hallway that went to our bedrooms from the, from the front dining room, and I'd get that phone, and I'd walk as far. I mean, everybody in the house knew you was talking to her because you couldn't hide. <laughs> you shut the door, you cut the phone line. And I'd sit in there for 20 minutes, we'd talk. I didn't care what she wanted to talk about because I just wanted to talk to her. Are you, I mean, can I, and I'm about that way today. She can come, I can come home from a meeting. I don't care if she wants to go shopping. I, 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 don't, I don't care what she wants to do. I just want to be with her. I mean, 20, 32 years. I mean, I couldn't wait to get there and talk on that telephone. There'd be times I'd drive 30 minutes at when she, when I graduated from high school a year before she did, and I was in college, and some days I wouldn't have all the classes, and I would, at times I would drive 30, 35 minutes just to put a note on her car, or 35 minutes to take her, take her lunch to school, just to spend five minutes with her. They wouldn't let me go in and have lunch with her, but I could walk to the door and take her lunch to her just to get a glimpse of her. Are you listening to me? Put a rose under the, put a rose under the, under the, on the windshield wiper. And she gave me a bear. I, not, I didn't like stuffed animals, but I liked the way the one she gave me smelled. Y'all pray for me. It, it, it didn't smell like it didn't smell like baby powder. It didn't smell like baby lotion. But it smelled like some heavenly breezes. Of what all I know. <laughs> Are you listening? I, I remember the first big present I bought her. 
I went to Macy's at Christmas. How many of you ladies remember those Dooney and Burt pocketbooks? <laughs> Amen. I walked into that Macy's and, and she wanted a black Dooney. She, she still carries it. 32 years ago. That's the only thing she, I've ever bought her except them diamonds that didn't go out of style. <laughs> and Brother Austin, I, 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 I said, I want that one right there. And that lady, I had no idea <laughs> how much that thing cost. And Brother Jones, when they brought the they read, ding, and I saw the total come up. I said, ma'am, does that have money in that wallet in that thing? I, I said, I didn't get a gift card to put in there. <laughs> Are y'all listening? Yeah. I mean, man, I, I carried my money in my front pocket of my blue jeans and my license. I didn't even have a wallet. <laughs> you know why I did that? Simple. I loved her. Sure, that's right. I loved her. I loved her. You know why it wasn't no big deal to take, take time out of a day just to run up and get a glimpse of her? Because I loved her. After four years and three days, we finally had our wedding day. And she walked into the back of that church, five foot two, that beautiful auburn red hair, most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And she's brought so much joy to my life. Remember when you felt that way about the Lord? I hear guys say that, my old lady, God help. I've even heard worse than that. And I'm not talking about lost men. I'm talking about saved men. That's my old lady. I don't think the Lord's ever called the church. That's my old lady. Right. Amen. Amen. That's my bride. There's very few things, Brother Jones, I would fight you for in this day and time. But she's still one of them. We were walking down the University of Georgia watching a football game. We were coming back to the Go Dogs. I felt God right there. Amen. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. You didn't feel nothing on that preacher? Let's pray. <laughs> we were walking out of that. We walked and walked. And man, we were walking down there. And these, these three or four boys was walking down through there. And they were, they were drunk or high. I don't know. But man, they were just railing, speaking foul language. And I, I was like, just let's get by here. Let's get by them. I mean, I, I was just... Let's get by. So I stepped out and walked around and Amy got hung up on him trying to go the other way. And one of them said something to her. And he said, man, I think I may just throw up on you. I'm, and I, she said, and that little five foot two, she wheeled around. She said, you best not throw up on me. And man, all of a sudden, them expletives started coming out of his mouth. And she, brother Josh, she didn't even slow down. She walked past me and she said, Mark, you better get him. You better get him. I thought I didn't start that. You started that. I'm not like, if you're good, somebody's going to jail, you go to jail. She said, you better get him. You better get him. So she just challenged my manhood. I, had to, I, I just slowed down. I said, now, Bo Rowe, I said, you wouldn't care if you wouldn't want me speaking to your mama like that, would you? He said, I ain't got no mama. He 
said, man, I'm not trying. I said, listen, you better let her walk on. We're going to have difficulties right here. I said, just, I, and I talked to him for a minute. We get in the car. I said, what are you trying to do? Get me thrown in jail. But I'd have fought you for her. That's exactly right. You know why? Not because I've got anything to prove to her. Not that she wants me to prove anything, but she knows that outside of Christ, outside of the Holy Ghost, and outside of that Bible, she's the greatest thing he ever gave me. Are you listening to me? You, if we can, and I would say to you men that are sitting beside your wife, if we can get to the place where our heart at times might grow weary and cold or cool for somebody that's living with us, laying beside us at night, sitting across the table, riding in the cars, how much, how much easier do you think it would be for our hearts to grow cold on a God that's in heaven? Sure. Amen. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about it. Says that the Lord. You men ever had your wife look at you, and you know it's on when they look at you and say something like this: "We need to talk." <laughs> Anybody ever heard that? Some of y'all just ain't got enough guts to say amen because you're sitting beside her. Amen. I mean, I, I mean. Listen, if I ever look out there when I'm preaching and she drops her head, I know I just stepped in it bad. And if she ever shakes her head, I, I mean, I'll, and with these live stream, you can't get away with nothing. I'll pick at her three states away, and if my, if my iPad is hooked up to my phone, I go back and she says, you realize I'm watching this. <laughs> She ever looked at you and you really didn't know what you'd done, but she said, We need to talk. Or we're, we need to have a heart to heart. In other words, what they're saying in the Hebrew or Greek is this you need to get right with God. <laughs> as if when John the Revelator is recording the statement, this statement to the church at Ephesus, it's as if the Lord is saying, we need to talk. Right. We need to talk, friend. We need to look. There's something going on in our Christian life. And can I say to you, there may be some of us sitting here a little bit, that we've got over the wonder of it all. Years ago, if you'd have heard somebody saying, I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. I believe whatever the good man, I wish I could say. Or the greatest of all miracles. Or today I faced a mountain. Amen. Or there's a God that still can move mountains. Amen. Man, you listen. Somebody that had the seat belt you in a seat because you'd have been looking to give him glory. You've been looking to give him praise. Listen, you'd say, well, I testified last service. Or I testified in the early service. But something has happened along the way. It ain't like that anymore. One of my favorite Christmas songs the last few years, our pianist, Miss Julianne, sings it. There's the wonder of wonders. Oh, how could it be 
that God became flesh and was given for me. The Almighty came down and walked upon among men. And I'll be honest with you about that. Halfway through that first Christmas message in December, the wonder walked back into my soul. Yeah, Glory to God. I had more fun preaching the Christmas story this year. I mean, when you preach this Christmas story 21 years at the same place, Brother Austin, you're wondering, man, what's the, what kind of new picture can I put on it? But I didn't care what picture was on it, man. The gold was shining bright, and the frankincense and the myrrh was a smelling good. Praise God. Hey, friend, when's the last time you came to church? Church, uh, with some wonder in your soul. Uh, a preacher, when's the last time you got in the pulpit and there was wonder in your spirit? Uh, a daddy, when's the last time you shut the door uh, in your prayer closet and the wonder of God Almighty was in that room? Hey, man, let me give you three quick things. Number one, I want you to notice what he says. To I'm preaching tonight on this thought. We need to have a heart to heart. Notice what your Bible said in verse 2. I want you to notice what he says to the church. I'm just glad he's still talking to the church. Amen. Notice verse 2. He speaks to their devotion. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Can I say to you, he's complimenting them more than just on their works. It's like that and, like Brother Dana preached on that and connects you to something and connects you to something. And can I say, I believe he's, I believe he's telling them, I know your works. And the reason I know your works is because of your labor and because of your patience and because of how you don't want to put up with no foolishness. Listen, he said, I labor, it means to labor to the point of exhaustion. Uh, 1 Corinthians still in the Bible, uh, uh, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding from the work of the Lord. Uh, for as much as you know as you serve, uh, that your service is not in vain, friend. Uh, uh, can I tell you, it was evident that this church uh, was a working church. It was evident that this church uh, uh, was willing to put the time in uh, that needed to be invested in the work of God. Uh, I tell you what, I don't want to be a part of a lazy church. I don't want to be a part of somebody don't want to get involved. I tell our folks, when you join the church, you join the senior program, you join the team program, you join the youth meeting, you join revival meeting, you join the work day, you join grass cutting, you join whatever we're doing. Amen. Amen. But can I say this to you? Just because we're a busy church, doesn't mean we're a healthy church. That's right. Right. That's right. That may just mean we're an active church. Sure. Are you listening? Are you listening to me? Patience. He said, I know thy patience. That's one not who just endures, but one that does it with victory. Where patience means it's an endurance under trial. It's an endurance on a trial. Can I tell you something? This city was filled with idolatry. That temple of Artemis, the temple of Diana was there, and more religious immorality went on in that place. And here this little church in Ephesus is standing against sin. Amen. And can I tell you, standing against sin is not popular. Standing against sin is not easy, especially when you're the smaller group and they're the large group. But can I tell you, it's still right in this hour for you and I to stand 
for truth. Uh, we don't put, listen, we don't shake the winds uh, to see which wind the waves of popularity are blowing. Uh, but when we look into that Bible, if God said it's wrong, uh, the decision's been made. And can I tell you, our preacher was praying earlier. A lot of not a folk man, man, there's a lot of compromising going on. Uh, but you ought to thank God at this place uh, that you've got a preacher that'll preach the whole counsel uh, of the Word of God. He preaches when it's wonderful, and he preaches when it hurts. He preaches when he builds you up. He preaches when he tans your hide. Amen. And you say, I, I never have. Listen, I never have one time enjoyed spanking my children. Right. Right. And I never have enjoyed preaching hard to my people. Right. These cats that like, that absolutely like to gut their folks, right. something's wrong with that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, I ain't never one time, I got two boys, 22 and 20, never one time have I ever took any pleasure out of correcting my children. Are you listening? Yes, sir. You got them two boys and that little girl. Yes, sir. And they may go to heaven before they get big, but she won't. She just looks at you and you melt. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> You'd kill them boys for that. And she just looks at you. Oh, sweet baby. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I've looked at my daddy and I said, Daddy, you'd have killed me for what my boys, you just let them get away with. He said, that's your job, not mine. <laughs> Amen. Never one time. And Brother Jones, I never have one time. And there's been some times I needed to preach it straight. But I ain't never walked out of there, bless God, I got them today. No, I walked in my study, shut the door with tears running down my face. I said, Lord, please let them know I love them. Please let them know I love them. Are you listening? Are you listening? You know what? They stood against sin and got weary. But you know what? It's hard to defeat people that just keep getting up when they get knocked down. I mean, it's hard to get up on somebody when they get knocked down and just get up and they get up and they get up and they get up. And can you say, well, preacher, I failed again. Get up. You say, I'm discouraged. Get up. You say, man, I messed this up. Just keep getting up and keep getting up and keep getting up. The first thing he said to them was about their devotion. Then he said something to them about their discernment. I believe with all my heart, you've got a couple of older pastors in here. Y'all hear me and hear me well, men. I think if there's anything that we miss in my generation and younger, is we miss the discernment of the Holy Ghost. Right. Yes. There's a lot of things that look like what we are. But if we could have some spiritual discernment, we would know they are not what we are. But most places have been dead so long, they're just glad to feel a little bit of life and don't really care if it's good or bad. I ain't being ugly. Are y'all... And if I'm in the minority in my generation, y'all better believe y'all going to be in the minority in yours. But he said, hey, boys, he said, hey, Ephesus, I want to say something about your, your discernment. He said, man, these folks that say they're apostles, you've tried them, and they, you know they're not. Boy, you hear these boys say, boy, I'm an apostle. No, you're not. No, you're not. If you haven't seen the resurrected Christ, you're not an apostle. 
Paul was the last apostle, one born out of due time. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a prophet, so no, you're not. <laughs> if you'd read your Bible, it's a pastor, teacher, evangelist. I mean, he, he tells us what we are. Right, right. Man, these cats, well, I'm doing. Man, God, help us. They had enough God about them to discern between what was right and what was wrong. Had something to say about their discernment. And can I say, Mom and Dad, you ought to thank God if you've got a preacher that will tell your children the truth. What to, what to stay away from, what that will hurt them. You better listen to me. He speaks to them about their diligence. In verse 3. Thou hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, and hast labored and hast not fainted. You say, well, I'm not running as fast as I used to run. That's okay. Just keep running. <laughs> you say, I'm just not. I, 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 I pastor some. I, I've got a great group of senior saints. I've got, I've got a man, 96 years old, drove himself to church last night, World War II veteran. I mean, I'm talking about drove himself to church last night. Now, he forgot his teeth, but he came to church. <laughs> you say, why? His wife died about a month ago. And he said, he told me, he said, now, preacher, I'll probably forget my teeth. He said, Miss Ruth, was, she always reminded me to put my teeth in before I left. <laughs> but you know what? He's there. He ain't never, Brother Joe, he never shouted. I, when I used to lead the choir, I'd lead the choir, and he liked God saves old sinners. Boy, he liked God saves old sinners. And I could, I could look, and I'd watch our folks start squalling. He ain't but about five, four, five, five. The last time he came to camp in the summer, Brother Austin, him, and I've got an 88-year-old deacon now. It was the last one we had. It was the 2019 camp, they asked me. We first started camp years ago. They always cooked breakfast every morning, cooked pancakes and sausage every morning. And they said, Preacher, could we come back one more time? That's four years ago. He was 92 years old. Brother Roger was 84 years old, my oldest deacon. They said, could we, they said, preacher, we can't cook it all week, but can we come one morning? One of the largest groups we ever had at camp. They cooked 3,000 pancakes that morning. I don't know how many hundred pounds of sausage. And they said, preacher, we can't come, we couldn't, we knew we couldn't do it all week. But we wanted to come today. Amen. You see, what'd you do? I about shouted. Right. Run around the grills that, hey, that at, at 92 and 84. They said, Preacher, we can't do what we've always done, but we can do this today. Amen. Amen. Can I say thank God he had something to say about their devotion. He said, you have not fainted. Yeah. That's what he said to the church. I look at verse 4. Let's look at what he sees in the church. Well, he gave them an honest assessment. Let's be honest. You could not argue with their credentials in verse 2 and 3. Matter of fact, us pastors are sitting here. We wish our churches could be described in the way he described the church at Ephesus in verse 2 and verse 3. I mean, we'd be shouting the victory if that was how somebody, if that was how a brother Dean or a brother Dana or a brother Joey came in and said and described your church, you'd be like, praise God. Amen. But then the Lord said, 
nevertheless. They said that, that somewhat against it, that's one of the strongest words in that day, that somewhat. In other words, we might say, hey, I've got something against you. You see, it was an honest assessment. You know why most of us never get the help we need in meetings, in revivals, in Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night? It's because we're never honest with ourselves about where we are. We're more worried about our brother across the way thinking we're okay. Oh, sister so-and-so thinking we're all right than we are with what God knows about us. Look at your Bible. There's a hindering abandonment. Notice the language. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Thou hast left. Left. That word left right there means to vacate, to abandon. That's strong talk, Brother Austin. He didn't say it cooled off. He didn't say it just waned a little bit. He said, you've left it. I mean, do y'all, did you read what he just said about them? He didn't say they were drunkards. He didn't say they were dopers. He didn't say they were fornicators. He didn't say they were compromisers. He didn't say they'd gone contemporary. He didn't say they'd started dressing like harlots and dressing like hippies. He said, man, let me tell you what, he said, you've got good labor and you've got good patience. You know the right, you know the difference between evil and right and truth and deception. He said, but hey, listen, you've got all of that right. Can I tell you something? You and I, sitting in a great church holding a King James Bible, saved and on our way to heaven, can be as empty as a heretic. Yes, sir. Right, 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 right. I don't know much about Methodists. I don't know much about Episcopalians. I know very little about Catholics. But I know Baptists. Right, right. I mean, I say this to the glory of God. I'm not, I'm not boasting. I'm just making a point. I know what I'm talking about. I've got two weeks, Monday through Wednesday, the rest of the year, except the month of December, that I won't be in church. Two, two times in June. And I'm not saying that, boasting. That's the, you better believe I, I don't understand why God lets me do, but boy, I sure am thankful. Amen. But Brother Joel, I'm in service with, and I'm not in contemporary churches. I'm not in charismatic churches. I'm not in compromising churches. I'm not in churches where men are in the pulpit saying it's okay to drink. Are you listening? But I'm in churches, Brother Jones, I believe with all my heart. There's a lot of people sitting on them pews that would find themselves in verse 4 of Revelation 2. Vacated, abandoned. Lee Davis came in our place several years ago, probably a decade ago. I, he preached great all week long, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Man, come in there and preach good Monday, Monday, Tuesday. Wonderful. He said on Wednesday night, turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians 13. And he preached on without charity. And he gutted us. Right. I mean, you talking about, and not in a mean way. He just, you talking about a reality check. Sure. 
He went through them verses and said, you can do this and you can do that and you can do that. And he said, without charity, it profiteth you nothing. Right. I told him, I said, Brother Lee, I said, if, you'd have, if, if what you'd have done tonight would have been driving a car, I said, a state patrolman would have charged you with hit and run. I said, you could at least preach that on Monday night and put some salve in the wounds on Tuesday and Wednesday. I said, but you to preach that and leave me with it Sunday? He said, God bless you, Brother Mark. Amen. Can I tell you, we can stand for truth. We can work and we can be busy. We can knock on doors. We can support missionaries. We can do it right. We can dot our eyes and cross our teeth. We can sing the right songs. We can dress the right way. And I'm for every bit of that. Yes, sir. But if we do it without the love of Christ in right. our heart, we're empty. Amen. Right. Amen. We're empty. Yes, sir. We're empty. What he said to the church. Mm. Can I say this to you? It happens subtly. Very rarely does it happen all at once. And if you and I are not careful, we'll get over what Christ has done for us. Yes, sir. A little girl, a little girl had made some slippers for her father. For three months, every night, she'd go to her room and work on these slippers and work on these slippers. The day came that she was going to give that gift that she had worked on so hard to give it to her daddy. Daddy came, she came down and gave her and told him she had made him. Her daddy said, sweetheart, I love him. But in this tender way, he could say it. He said, he said, sweetheart, he said, next time, he said, I tell you what, I'll go buy me some slippers. I'd rather have all that time with you. Sure. And I think there might be some times when the Lord might want us to do less to spend more time with Him. There's a lot of times if, I'm not, if, if we're not careful, we'll be trying to be so much for Christ that we're very little with Christ. Right. Number three, what He said to the church, what He saw in the church, but in verse 5, I see what he suggests for the church. Notice, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God makes things simple in this Bible. Amen. Yeah. These folks had to know truth. Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. Some of the greatest doctrines of the New Testament are, are revealed in the book of yes. Ephesians. And now John the Revelators wrote them this letter. And let, let's just be honest. These Christians could probably take some meat. I want you to look at how hard he made this. He said, verse 5, remember from where thou art fallen. The first step, he said, is to remember your former devotion to Christ. How many of you remember, some of you fellas, how many remember the first time you told your wife you loved her? Remember what that made you feel like? You remember the first time she told I dare forget, I told this yesterday morning, and I about got in trouble. 
<laughs> Sometimes I just have to poke the bear so she know I ain't scared all the time. It's not wise. You don't need to listen to me when it comes to that, son. Only she don't kill me. She's five two and I'm six six. There is some help right there. I told her, Brother Jones, I said, I said, how many of you men remember the first time you told your wife that you loved her? And they was all, and some of them were over there schooling each other, like, if he has me, you, this is when, this is when. I mean, I watched them talk to each other while I, I never forget, I walked up on that, I walked up on that stoop of the house, and I looked at Mama, Miss Amy, and I said, Mama, or Amy, I said, I, I love you. And she said, hold that thought. That was not the response I was looking for. <laughs> she left me standing at the door, gone, and came back with Austin with a cassette tape. She said, you take this preaching tape home and listen to it, and if you still love me after that, you call me. I looked at that tape and said, is it love or infatuation? I just told you I loved you, and you're giving me a preaching tape. Hey, and that's when we still had tape players in the car. Y'all youngers don't even know what a tape player is. Y'all don't even know what a CD player is. All y'all know is Apple Music. I put that tape in and listened to it on the way home. And I did it out of spite, probably. I just got home and I called her. I had to say it real quick because I knew it'd be on the phone bill. It was long distance. I said, I, st I listened to that preaching tape and I still love you. That's what I said. Some of y'all remember years ago when we first had cell phones, they were, they were in a, I mean, oh, yeah. it was that big. <laughs> Y'all think I'm playing. It was that big. And, and it was $49.99 a minute. But you didn't get charged for the first 30 seconds. So I'd call her preacher and I'd say, ah. I'd dial her back, love, hang it up. Pick it back up, you, hang it up. Didn't charge me nothing, amen. Y'all remember that? Y'all got computers for phones. We, we, I mean, we lugged them around like a briefcase, and they wouldn't pick up. But you thought you was something if you had one of them laying over there in the car, and it wasn't worth a flip. <laughs> you remember the first time? How long y'all been married? 73 years. 73 years. Ain't that something? Amen. Wow. That my, my, my army vet, my, my World War II veteran, his wife would have in, lived to the end of this month. It would have been 73 years for them. Wow. And I asked him yesterday, I said, do you remember the first time you told her that you loved her? And big old tears running down his face. He said they got in a fight on the school bus at 14. <laughs> She's, they about to get a fight in church. She said, he's, he's praying now, God help me. Y'all see her, she whooped him right in the middle of church. Did you see it, Brother Austin? You better pray when I open the invitation. If I went back there and asked Miss Tory, I bet she could tell you when the first time you told her you loved her was. 
Remember Brother Austin, the first time you told your wife, first time she said it to you? I wonder if we remembered the first works. Good. Hey, fellas, what about when we used to read our Bible before we had to have a message? Yeah, right. right. Singers, before we, we, when we sang, before we got on the platform. Right. Are you listening to me? The first words. John Newton wrote this to remind him. He said, Thou shalt remember thou wast a bondman in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee. Old Puritan writer wrote this. He said, When I was threatened to become cold in the ministry and Sunday morning was coming, my heart was not filled with the amazement of the grace of God. He said, I used to sit among the sins of my past life. And he said, I always came down with a broken heart, ready to preach, just like I did in the beginning. Remember. What about number two? There's a command to repent. There's got to be a desire on our part to get back to that point. Mm-hmm. And that starts with, the Bible said, for godly sorrow worketh repentance. That's right. The Bible said, the goodness of God leadeth to repen- repentance. Right. You sit down and go thinking about the goodness of God, friend. Mm-hmm. It won't be long till you want to repent. Yes. I believe that's what Job was saying to his wife in Job 2.10. He said, shall, he said, we've received good from the hand of the Lord. Shall we not receive? The first thing he reminded her of was that it was good. Yeah. I ain't never saw something until this last week. You ever wonder why God, the devil didn't kill Job's wife? Job 1 and Job 2. He said, you, he said, you go touch him, save his life. He said, you can touch all that he has, save his life. You can touch his health, but save his life. I think the devil knew more about marriage than we give him credit for. Yes, sir. Right. I, I thought the Bible said that two shall become one flesh. Yes, sir. Right. Amen. I wonder if the reason the devil didn't kill his wife is because he couldn't. Right. Uh, That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I mean, y'all help me. You said, well, I don't believe that. Might be your problem. You don't believe nothing. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. It would have been worse for him to touch her than it would have been for him to touch his children. Yes, sir. Sure. I love my children and y'all great children. But the fact is, they're leaving. She's not. Right. We raised them to leave. Are you listening? Right. He said, we've received good. Shall we not receive evil? Right there in the midst of all that thing, Job said, hey, Mama, we need to think about how good God's been yes. to us. Amen. Amen. Repent. Who you want to come back to the piano, Brother Josh? Who you want to come back and see? But then there's a challenge to return. Look at verse 5. He said, repent and do the first works. Not hard, is it? Remember? Yeah. Repent yeah. and return. Wow. What about that? I just say it this way. If you want to get back, you can. Years ago, when I was still at Brother Willard's, Friday night, we were having camp meeting. When we 
best men of God in the country at the time came through there preaching. There was 600 people in that Friday night service in a church that didn't hold but about 350 or 400 packed. I mean, if you shouted that night, you had to shout like this. It was, it was so crowded. And that preacher got up. Dr. Brown preached years ago. He preached on that. Ain't nobody like him. He scouts the trail, specifies the traveler, supplies the treasury. Son, he preached like fork and lightning. And man, they shouted and praised God. On that Friday night, we had a little boy in the church. He was about 16 years old then. He got run over when he was a little boy in his, in his, in his neighborhood riding his bicycle. Somebody ran over him, just crippled his body up. And, and his name was PJ. And he, I mean, he, he was just, his body was mangled. He could walk, but it was bad. And, and it was his birthday that Friday night. And preacher said, PJ, you, you want to sing? I mean, we done been in there for two and a half hours. Had church, everybody's wore out. It's 10 o'clock. Everybody's wore out. It's hot. Nowhere to move. And I thought, preacher, man, everybody's ready to go home. And he put little PJ up there, and he said, you want to sing for your birthday? He did. He, he got up there, and he didn't sing. He sang, he, he, he sang out of key. There wasn't a key for him. I mean, there was eight to choose from, and he was not in any of them. And he got up there, and he said, Jesus. Of me, this I know. He sung that first verse, but then he got over singing, Jesus loves me, loves me still, even though I'm weak and ill. And man, when he hit that verse, it was on. I hope you'd understand. I didn't say it was on. I'm not from, you know, I'm, I, it was on, like O with 17 and a half syllables and then an end. They were running and shouting. They shouted for an hour. And that little cripple boy, not the quartet, not a bus. Not a choir, not even in key singing, right. on key singing. That little cripple boy couldn't even stand. His daddy would hold him. His daddy would hold him by the snatch of his pants so he could stand up. And he held him for an hour while he sung. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. You know one thing I always appreciate about Brother Joey? As bright a Bible mind as he had, he never lost the wonder of what the Lord had done for him. Oh my. I wonder how different it would be. Life's hard. We find ourselves in the fiery trial. Mm -hmm. But how long has it been? Oh, your furnace is there, but it's cold. The stove used to be on, 
but it ain't hot no more. When's the last time your heart burned for the things of God? Vance Havner, I, probably one of the most quotable preachers that's ever written or preached. He said years ago, he said he thought it would help his Christian life when he got into church every night, when God started letting him preach every night. He said, but what I found was when I got in church every night, he said the danger was that I would become a trafficker of unfelt truth. I don't ever want to become a trafficker. You may go out of here and you may not believe what I believe, but there's one thing about it. I don't ever want you to go out of here thinking I don't believe what I believe. I tell our kids at church, I said, and you, you can judge me for this if you want to, but I said, you'll never have to shout alone. I said, if nobody else in this place will worship God with you, I will, whether I, whether I feel it or whether I don't. Because what I found out is if I'll just start when I don't feel it, if I shout long enough, I'll feel it. Amen. It won't take long. You listen. I, they said Billy Kelly years ago was preaching up in North Carolina, and that pastor was fighting. He was fighting hell by the acre trying to build a building. He said, that preacher, that pastor got tore up. He said, and I, I wish I could call his name. It escapes me right now. He said, that pastor got to walking around the building saying, feel it or not, amen. <laughs> feel it or not, hallelujah. <laughs> feel it or not, glory to God. Yeah. Feel it or not, bless the Lord. Feel it or not, hallelujah. He said, after about five or six minutes, the feel it or not came off and said he started running the building, shouting her down, amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 How long has it been? Hey, youngers, look at me. All y'all young people right there, I'm so glad y'all are here. I'm not fussing at you. I promise I'm not. I'm glad you're here. But can I tell you this? You don't have to be a senior saint to be in love with Jesus. That's exactly right. And I promise you this, girls, I'll just say this to you. If his love is never enough, there ain't another man's love in the world that'll be enough. Young man, if his love's not enough for you, there'll never a lady feel that need. That's right. That's exactly right. Are you listening to me? See, we need a heart to heart. Heart to heart talk. He said, boy, you're doing a lot right. He said, but how's your love? And I ask you tonight, I didn't come and talk to us about everything that's right. I want us to think about maybe that one thing that we could be better at. Are you really in love? I hear people say, well, I just don't love her anymore, preacher. See that? You don't ever find love in the Bible when it talks about the love of God being in a warm, fuzzy, emotional. Love in the Word of God, when it's the Lord's love, is always attached to an act, not a feeling. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Love, but also love. Love's not some warm, gooey feeling. It may feel like that at times, but love's a choice. Love's a decision. Love is a commitment. I know I preached a while tonight. I mean, I, I know I have. But can I tell you something? 
I don't care how sharp our pencils are and how we dot our I's and cross our T's, if our love's not right, it won't profit us nothing. Nothing. Not a little bit, not half, not 50%, not 30%. He said, nothing. 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 My wife don't care if I, how, how many bills I pay. She don't care what kind of car she drives if I'm not loving her the way I need to love her. She don't care. And I don't know, I don't know really, the, I mean, there's nothing we do that's going to impress the Lord. We got a God that pulled us out of hell, saved us, put his spirit in us, called us to do something, showed us what to do, gives us the power to do it, does it through us, and at the end of the day is going to reward us for something he did in us and through us, and he's going to give us the reward for it. That's Bible, friend. That's right. So you think we can really impress him with what we do? No. But I sure want to throw my arms around him and say, Lord, I love you. How old are you boys? 21 and 17. The bass singer, 17. Ain't that something? Man, that's a low voice coming out of that little body over there. Amen. Amen. Twenty-one, seventeen. You know what? Grown men. But he'll never. You'll never get so old that putting your arms around his neck and telling him you love him. Yeah, that's right. Amen. That's right. I wish I would. I'd walk. I'd crawl through that parking lot in a pair of short britches. If I could tell my daddy one more time, that's yeah. right. That's right. I loved Me too. him. Me too, Pastor. Go ahead. That's right. If I could put my hands on him one more time and say, I love you. Amen. I had a man's man for a daddy. Amen. Amen. And if I do that for him, should not just slip up into tomorrow morning, I'll get out of that bed in the motel and I'll get down and I'll start something like this. Lord. I sure do love you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I know how that melts my heart from my children to me. Then I'm like, what do you want, boys? What do you, the first time they said it to you, they didn't even know what they were saying. But it sure melted your heart, didn't it? Some of us need to come to an altar tonight. And say, Lord, I may be doing a lot right, but I don't want my love, my love to be wrong. I don't want my love to be wrong. We're standing heads are bowed. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. Jesus, I love Jesus.